Hi, I am Chris. I am a physician and an advanced weight loss coach. This is the podcast for you if you grew up in an environment where saying no to food offerings is like rejecting your mom, your parents, your heritage. If not cleaning your plate was frowned upon, but perfect bodies were not only praised, but expected. We're faced between the tug of war between weight loss and keeping the family together. The family wins, right? If you feel you'll hurt someone's feelings by saying no to their food and drink offerings, you are exhausted of dieting and have resolved to believe you are not destined to lose weight, but deep inside you still have a desire to achieve it, you are in the right place. I will teach you to free yourself from food drama and restrictive dieting so you can have fun and enjoy your journey towards permanent weight loss while still preserving those family ties and celebrating your cultural heritage. Hello, my friends. How are you? Welcome back to the podcast. How is your holiday season going? Mine is going amazingly well. I am having so much fun with the handling the holidays like a boss group coaching program. It's been really so much fun to do that. And if you want to hit the ground running on 2022, on the new year, you don't want to miss out on this because I am starting another group coaching program in January. And the deadline to apply is December 28th. So go ahead to my website or right here, send me a question or just reach out through email, social media. But the best place is my website, chrisperlingerimd.com. So you can register or ask any questions that you have because it's going to be amazing. Okay. Today for you, I have an amazing guest. I've been thinking about how you can be supported during this holiday season. And this is a subject that it's very dear to my heart. And some of you have even approached me and told me, you know what? I would lose weight if I would just cut back on the drinking. Or some of you are like, you know what? I just wish I wouldn't have that extra drink or that extra round. So I have invited... Angela Masenik, who is a life coach specializing helping women to stop over drinking. And many people just hear stop over drinking. Oh, I'm not an alcoholic. And this is not about alcoholism or AA or anything like that. This is just for people who, you know, sometimes you're like, you know what? I just wish I would just go ahead to go to that party and have a couple of drinks and not overdo it. Right. I've been there. So I think like when would be better than during the holiday season for you to be empowered with this information? Amazing, amazing interview with Angela Masenik. And this podcast, excuse if the sound is not the best, because I do the to her time and my time, I had to record it in my office. So hopefully (laughs) you can, you know, go through it. I think it's going to be great. And again, it's amazing information. I know you will get so much from this and I know you're going to enjoy it. Okay, I'll see you next time. And again, go to my website if you want more information on the group coaching program that is starting in January 2022. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be amazing. The deadline, December 28th. Love you guys. And just 
sit back and enjoy my interview with Angela Masenek. Hello, my friends. I would like for you to welcome um, life coach Angela Masenek. She's uh, the stop over drinking and start living life coach. And I'm just so happy and feel so blessed to have her here on the podcast, particularly now during the holiday season. Welcome, Angela. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm great. Yes. Awesome. So I just want to address the elephant in the room initially, because I know many of my listeners are going to have, you know, be wondering if this is for them or not, because they may be like, oh, stop over drinking. I'm, I'm not an alcoholic. Right. So can we just start first by debunking, um, you know, the certain stereotypes or misconceptions that we have about maybe I just want to stop like over drinking or drinking just a little bit less and that necessarily mean that I have a drinking problem or that I'm an alcoholic. What can you say yeah. about? Yeah, so that's such a there's so many avenues we could go with that, but what I'll say about, you know, learning how to stop over drinking or drinking less is that you know, like this is how I identify over drinking. We'll start there. You know if you're over drinking. So if you feel like you're drinking more than you want, that's over drinking for you. And it's very individual, right? So like for some people, one glass of wine seven days a week is too much for them. And they they have a really hard time letting go of that one glass of wine. And they've tried multiple times and they just can't do it, right? Or they're just like, it's really hard for them. So that's over drinking for them. For other people, it might be a bottle of wine a night or more right? That would be over drinking for them. And how I also define it is that, you know, the way I help and probably you help too, but maybe, maybe you do a little bit more since you're an MD, I'm not sure. But I, since everything's online and virtual and I don't have a medical credential, if you need alcohol to, to like function, or you feel physically addicted to alcohol, or if you worry that you would have major withdrawals or some issues physically coming off, like it would be dangerous for you to just all of a sudden take a break for a few days. Yes. You know, this isn't for you. So I'm, I'm, you know, help women who identify as an overdrinker. They wouldn't call themselves an alcoholic. They're high functioning, you know, have a lot of other great things going on in their life, but this is just the one area that they just feel really hard. Like they've tried a bunch of other things and it just hasn't clicked. Yes. I love that. And if I'm understanding you correctly, over drinking can look very differently from person to person, right? Um, very different. Yeah, so it doesn't necessarily mean that you are just getting drunk every night or, you know, having an issue at work because of it. But it's mainly, like you said, like maybe that little urge, that little voice inside of you that is kind of like, hey, I just wish I wouldn't just have this glass of wine every night or yeah. I wish yeah. I would just have one and make me not three. Um, when I go right. out to eat. So it's like, if you think about another way to like, think about, I wrote this really good quote, maybe I'll, I'll pull it up here and, and say it during the podcast. But basically, if you're thinking about it a lot, like if you wake up in the morning and you think, oh, I wish I didn't drink so much. And if you have a lot of chatter in your head at the end of the day, where you're like, gosh, I really want to drink. And like, it's occupying a lot of your headspace. It's probably a distraction for you. Right. And it's probably distracting you from doing other things. So that just might be a an indicator that you might be drinking more than you want. And it's causing you to question things. Right. Yes. 
And what would you say, and I can relate to this because I was that person I quit drinking 13 years ago. And for my listeners who don't know that, yes, I, 13 years ago, I quit drinking. And I remember um, I had even friends, good friends who started calling me AA, double A. Oh, here's double A. And I found myself kind of like sometimes not even mentioning it because again, people would think, oh, what's, what, what was the problem? Like if you stop drinking, right. like, there had to be a problem. And right. I find that sometimes that may be a reason why people don't even start the process of, you know, stop over drinking. What would you say, like if there, we have a listener that are like, well, yeah, I have that chatter in my brain that maybe I, you know, should just slow it down a little bit. What would you say to them if they're feeling with kind of like embarrassment or guilt or any of those things? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's totally normal that you feel that way because our society tells us that we should be able to drink copious amounts of alcohol and deal with it, right? And But if we yeah. can't, there's a serious problem. So it makes sense that, that is a, that's a valid concern that a lot of people have. So there's nothing wrong with you for thinking that if you look at how our society influences us and how much we drink with alcohol and all the other areas in which our society influences us, how to think and address this issue, it makes sense that that would be scary. What I have found that most people are concerned is that they don't want that label attached to them like you like the double a or mm -hmm. oh, she's got an issue so if you do have a drink if you end up do having a drink and after you've told people that you might be struggling with it a little bit you don't want that judgment you don't want people to be like oh should you be drinking and monitoring mm -hmm. you or you know mm -hmm. worrying about you all the time so then we don't we hold back and don't get the help that we need or don't talk about it so yes. I would say it's normal um, and you can, you know, I just say the more you do talk about it and like explain the situation and like what's happening for you internally, it helps. Um, but that is a big barrier that a lot of people have. So having a coach, somebody like you or somebody like me, where mm -hmm. you can discuss this openly without judgment is super helpful. Yes, that's, that's awesome. And just knowing that there's many others that, that feel the same way and maybe yes. you I don't know, open a window for a friend or a family member as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, you spoke about um, how society, you know, paints this picture of, you know, you are like, if you have a glass of wine, you're sophisticated or, you know, now in social media, I'm a mom and you see a lot of the, what's the phrase, the mommy wine, the mommy, yes. Yes. <laughs> like, mom, like doing the wine in the evening after the kids go to bed. Um, anything else that you can tell us about that kind of like how we get into this habit in the first place, particularly as as um, having so, like social media and you know the society, how it influences um, our drinking patterns and habits. I think that's my question. Yeah, so um, I think a good way to look at it is like, you know, we're influenced by how we dress what we think our bodies should look like, right? You're a weight loss coach. So you probably mm -hmm. hear that all the time, right? It's like this judgment that we have on ourselves about how we should look. And when I think about mothers and kids and drinking, you know, we, all of a sudden, this is how I have three kids too. So like all of a sudden your life is totally different and you have lost a lot of the freedoms that you had before you had these kids to take care of, right? So you don't get to go out with your friends as much. You don't get to have the free time and travel and maybe you're 
exercising on a frequent basis out of the house. So like that's kind of all of a sudden stopped. And so we don't know what to do with that, right? So we look for the biggest, easiest way to get that little escape, to get that little pleasure. And mm-hmm. so it's often like it's been romanticized and sold to mothers and to women that this is a solution to get that sophistication that they had before maybe, or to get that little hit of pleasure, or you deserve it right after taking care of the kids and getting all the work done and all of that stuff. So it's multi different things. It's definitely society. We see it glamorized a lot. We see mommy wine memes. It's, you know, we see cups sold in stores that like uh, look like a coffee cup or something, but you're supposed to put your wine in it and disguise our wine. Like it's constant. If we, if you start noticing this stuff, like you can't not see it. Um, So there's definitely that influence. And then also just knowing what moms are facing, like the stress of the household and the anxiety that comes with being a mom and overwhelm and all that stuff and not really having an outlet to talk about that and saying, Hey, I'm struggling. Like this sucks sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like nobody told me how hard this was. Right. That's another stigma that women have is like saying, Hey, this is harder than I thought and not getting the help they need. So it's easier to just turn to a bottle of wine, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to escape that for that, those few hairy moments in the evening. Yes. One, that's so true. Um, I had my kids after I quit uh, drinking and I found myself doing the same thing, but with cheese. I'm like, yeah. I just, yeah. this awful. I feel terrible. I want to escape. <laughs> Give me the block of cheese so I can right. numb the noise around me. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you had any clients? This just, this question just came out out of curiosity right now um, that they are afraid of stopping drinking and then turning to food or have you seen it the other way around like quitting over eating and then turning to alcohol yep I've seen it both ways so um not so much that they are scared that they might start eating it just happens sometimes right like yeah so like they don't first they may not know how to manage the urges or the feelings that are exposed when you you know decide that you're gonna take a break or something And they don't know what to do with those feelings. So we often turn to food or to Facebook or to shopping or some other sort of overdoing habit because we don't know how to handle the uncomfortableness of just being with ourselves. So for sure, it's there. Um, I recommend, you know, for me, it was both food and alcohol. When I was doing this for myself, I was 55 pounds overweight, very similar to, I think, to what you have Mm -hmm. stated around. but. I did both at the same time. And I'm so glad that I did that because I learned how to be with all of it without, you know, transferring it to another issue. So I, in my coaching, I recommend that you, even if you don't have weight loss goals, that you still decide ahead of time what you're going to eat, because that helps set you up for more success so that you can get aware more of those triggers and things in the moment. And you're not just like, Ooh, let me go see what's in the pantry. That's amazing. I love that. I love that idea of just preparing both things because you know that your your yes. brain is looking for that outlet. And yes. I feel, I will confess, I went, I did the shopping thing once I stopped the eating cheese thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, I see a pattern here, right? Yeah. I think that's when getting a life coach, you know, like you or like myself, is just so helpful. Because like you said, like you set up your clients for success. Like, listen, 
I'm going to help you to, to drink less or stop drinking or whatever, but this is what could happen. And I want you to be prepared for that. So let's yeah. just clean the, the food too while we are at it. Yeah. 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 Because if you don't do that, you actually don't really solve the reasons why you're yeah. drinking in the first place. They're still there. You've just now covered them up with another issue. Yes. So if you want to actually make same thing with food, right? If you actually want to make changes with your relationship with food, you got, you got to understand why you're overeating in the first place. And we do that by not eating, <laughs> right? And like exposing ourselves to our internal dialogues and emotions and things. Exactly. So good. Um, so it seems like we just need to know, like if we just try to quit, I'm just not going to drink or I'm just gonna maybe just drink once a week. You're not really addressing the issue. It seems like it's just, you're, you're drinking for a reason. And again, it's without any judgment, just with curiosity. Okay. Let's see what, what this glass of wine every night, what's it doing for me? And then I mean, I want to say, unfortunately, but the only way to find that out is not to have the glass of wine for that night and then see what bubbles up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's totally. Or just, you know, even if you don't want to say I'm not going to drink tonight, but it's just like, okay, maybe I'll delay it an hour or two hours and see what I'm feeling. Right. See like, okay, like this is a normal time that I'm drinking. What's happening for me? What is, what are my emotions? What am I thinking? right? What's, what's happening internally for me. So you can actually learn and get some awareness and mm-hmm. then you can fix it with some life coaching or processing your feelings or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Actually you, you kind of like started answering my, my next question, which was, um, is there any particular way you recommend like doing it? And I suppose you kind of like individualize it by, by depending on the client needs at what mm-hmm. their goals are. But let's say somebody just comes to you and they tell, you know what, I'm done. I just want to stop drinking. Um, in food, we baby step them. Like we just kind of like, okay, if you're eating a family sized bag of Cheetos every night, let's just start portioning them and sit down with that. Um, with alcohol, do you think, um, what is your, your opinion on that? Do you have like a preferred way to address it? I, I really do let the individual um, decide what's best for them because- yes. The, the sooner that we can start solving that and making our own decisions around alcohol, we become more empowered with it. So there mm-hmm. really is no right or wrong. I recommend that you make a weekly drink, a drink plan per week. So I know sometimes with food, it's like, just make it the day before or the morning of mm-hmm. with alcohol. I feel strongly that you should make it like a weekly drink plan. And when you do that, it, um, helps you, you know, think about the goals that you have with alcohol and then you just make a plan for the week and then you don't get to change it if social things, you know, okay. pop up unexpectedly or you had a bad day at work. Like you get to just be with that plan and learn and work on honoring your commitments. So I like to say, you know, think about your long-term goal with alcohol. Like what, what is your ideal relationship with it? Is it to quit? Is it to just drink on the weekends? Like what is perfect for you or what do you think might be perfect for you? And then make your drink plan somewhat close to where you want to be. And then if you fail or if you don't stick to it, there's another opportunity to learn. So don't be scared of that either. Um, So there's just the plan, the going after the plan. If you fail, you get to learn and assess that um, and understand what's happening for you when you do want to drink. So I know that's not really like a rock solid, like, I love it, but like, it really is personal to them. They get to decide. 
Yeah, it's very similar to what we do in weight loss. And I love it because you the um, they need to empower themselves and mm-hmm. and know how to take care of themselves and gain that trust in yes. themselves. I've got this. I know what's best for me. I can do this. And so they design their own plan. And then, like you said, like if they go out of that plan, then instead of judging themselves, just kind of like, okay, let's see what can I learn from this. Um, and then we'll forward. I love it. And one question that I have is how doable is a drinking plan? Because I, in my experience, I just, I quit before I found coaching. So I just went, just stopped drinking. But how, for people who have a drinking plan, let's say two glasses of wine or two drinks or one beer or whatever, since alcohol really alter, alters your mental functioning and inhibits your inhibition, so you're more likely to do stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, I've always wondered how doable are drinking plans once you've had one or two glasses of wine? Like, if your ability is impaired to say, okay, no, I'm not going to have another round because this is my drinking plan. Yeah, that's a good question. So I think that takes some trial and error to, like, okay. figure out how much you can have before you're like, I don't make good decisions after this. Point. Oh, I love it. So for some people that might just be one glass or a half a glass, some people it might be three glasses or, you know, cocktails or whatever it is, but you have to be willing to kind of, if you want to maintain your drinking, if you want to keep it in your life, you Mm -hmm. have to be willing to look at that and experiment with it and evaluate it and stay super conscious with your drinking. So in my program, I have them do probably similar. It's like, a consciousness exercise with it. So while they're drinking, they know what they're thinking, what their desire and their urges are after a certain point. What's like, what is your mind doing after you've had that second glass? So you can know like where you're tending to go. Right. So if it's like, Oh, who cares? One more won't hurt after your second glass, you kind of know then. All right. So I'm going to want to, I'm going to want more after my second. I want to be aware of that and have a strategy in place for myself that I can work through that Mm -hmm. when my mind starts going there. So Mm -hmm. yeah, if if you want to keep drinking, it's, it's, it's work. Like it's a little bit more work to stay conscious of that and be willing to explore and evaluate the failures that are going to come and, and to not expect perfection with it because you're like what you said with alcohol, it inhibits you and your mm-hmm. decision-making abilities in the moment. Like your brain is very wired to get what it wants when it wants it after you have alcohol on board. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. I love it. It's a beautiful process of just getting to know yourself so well, like being present with yourself at every moment. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of power there. Um what about, so we are in the holiday season and, you know, I don't know, it, it varies from my culture. I'm from Puerto Rico and, you know, there's, there's drinking a lot in Puerto, like in Puerto Rican Christmas parties, particularly. What would you say, I don't know, to someone who says, okay, I want to try this. I'm just going to go in and maybe not drink or have one drink. What about, you know, the, the peer pressure of like, oh, hey, no. I mean, this is in the context of you not telling them what your plan is or right. nothing like that. Um, how, how can they prepare themselves for success in that situation? Yeah, I would, I would recommend making a plan. So a written mm-hmm. plan, you know, have mm-hmm. your plan, like decided ahead of time. You don't want to go into it thinking I might have one or two. Like that's, oh. there's too much there. So you want to go into it with knowing exactly what you are going to do. 
right? Okay. So like zero or one, whatever it is that you decide before you're there, <laughs> ideally a few days before. So you're not making decisions around alcohol based on how you're feeling. That's when okay. we get into trouble. So mm-hmm. the reason why we're over drinking, especially in holiday situations like the one that you're talking is because your emotions are driving mm-hmm. the decisions that you're making. So if you're worried or anxious or nervous, and then you're like, okay, I don't know how much I'm drinking from that place. Usually mm-hmm. you're probably going to drink more than you want, right? Okay. Because you don't, because we're uncomfortable and we don't like that as humans. So we try to escape it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so first strategy, make a plan before you go. And then visualize yourself in that very specific situation with those people and envision what it would look like to be like, oh, I'm good tonight or whatever your plan is. Like verbalizing that out loud to people and like visualizing. Your I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but it's just like instead of worrying, like we're. This is what I say. Like we're visualizing worst the worst case scenario when we worry and stress out. Right, we're picturing some terrible situation in our mind. Right, so just flip that and 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 visualize success. So when you practice thinking that something will go well and you map it out in your mind and you practice thinking that over and over again, it's like your brain gets a little bit of experience with it before you're in that event. And so that sets you up for success. The other thing I recommend is having an exit strategy. So if you really don't want to drink or if you're really trying to cut back, go like at the beginning of the party and just go for 90 minutes or, you know, make sure you have your own ride home, like set yourself up for success that way. So when I was first doing that, that's what I would do. I'd like go at the very beginning of the party when there wasn't that many people there. And I'd be like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to come for an hour. And then I would like do, you know, say hi to everybody and like work through my urges a little bit. And then I would leave. And then I would get more comfortable and go for longer periods of time once, you know, once I was used to it a little bit more. But mm-hmm. having an ex- exit strategy is super important. And then really, you just got to get past what what other people might say or think. Yeah. Like you can't like don't focus on that at all because it's not going to help you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just makes it makes your mind start wondering a little bit more in racing. So they might say, "What? You're not drinking?" You know, especially mm-hmm. if you are somebody that's over drinking a lot, like that's different for them to experience with you. Mm-hmm. And so they might have a lot of questions or something like that. So like, "You know what? I am so excited to be here and talk to you. You go ahead and drink." You go ahead and drink. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good right now. I'm going to have some water. Mm-hmm. Um, and that those are all great, great, great helpful tips. Um, I Again, I just still remember vividly when I was in that same situation. And what about, you know, if, if this is not, you know, you, you are not relating to this right now, but you can think of a family member or a friend. I have friends who have approached me. Hey, can you help? Um, my wife, um, she, I think she's just drinking a little bit too much. Like, how do you address those situations? Like to that family member or friend of uh, somebody that they love that, you know, they, they think they should stop over drinking. Mm, that's a good question. So really what I have found is that if, if other people are concerned, that person is probably aware that they're drinking too much too. Like they know, you know what I mean? Like if they're, if people, other people are approaching you, like it's probably mm-hmm. a secret, like I said, like people know that you overdrink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would recommend just telling that person, listen, like give them my information if you want to. But what I have found is that they need to want to change to change. 
And it's really hard to get people to do things that they don't want to do. Unfortunately, yeah. that's the case. Like you can't force anybody to change, but mm-hmm. I, would just, I would just invite them to a free podcast or okay. you know, to sign up for your emails or something like that, just to like read something that's not so, you know, pushy or um, mm-hmm. suggested that they have to give up something. That's, I think that's the biggest worry that people has that they're going to have to give up something and they're going to miss yes. out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my, like my podcast is great. Stop over drinking. It's not quit mm-hmm. drinking. So mm-hmm. that's a nice little, little warm up for people to like, okay, maybe, maybe she's not going to take anything away from me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could listen to this. Right. Yes. So what do you recommend? What do you, what do you tell people when they come to you? I, I tell them about the same thing. I'm like, listen, it's, it, if they themselves don't want the help, it's very hard to, to get, you know, to have them do something that they really don't want to stop or are afraid of stop doing it and do the same thing. Just tell her, here's my website. Here's my podcast. Here's this and that. Like right now I can relate. I have a really good friend um, that her daughter is overweight and she knows like the mom, my friend knows for a fact that she has been struggling a lot like, and feels bad about herself. And I'm like, just, Tell her about my podcast. I mean, it's called Joyful Weight Loss. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and just like that. But otherwise, we kind of just go to the person and say, listen, because they already know, like you said, like I knew I would have been if like alcohol was not serving me anymore. I knew that eating a pound of cheese every evening was not serving me anymore. So it just which leads me to the next. Um, I just was approached by a co-worker two days ago. And, t- and she told me, I just need to, I just wish I would just stop drinking. Um, I don't know if she said this much or that much, but I think that her situation is very similar. Like the one we described initially, like just a glass of wine every day. She's like, I just don't want to drink that much, but I just don't know. She's like, I don't know how to do it. And, and I just told her and, and correct me. And this is my question to you. So her write a list of what would be awesome about not drinking that much because again like you said it's like they're binky or they're lovey and we just hold on to these things so tight that we're afraid to let go that we need to start imagining like the party situation to what success looks like how is my life when i stopped over drinking what's amazing about it in order to start moving the needle what do you have to say about that somebody that's starting to contemplating it um but they're like, like, I just need more motivation. Right. Yeah. Think? Because the, like the people that say, Oh, I just need more motivation. They're thinking that it's going to be a terrible thing to give it up. They're worried about missing something or that it's not going to be a fun experience. Right. So mm-hmm. that you'll never find the motivation if you think about it that way, because motivation is an internal feeling that we have based on how we think about mm-hmm. something. So to mm-hmm. feel naturally inclined to go do something like it feels easy, we got to think it's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like, we'll so, do this horrible thing. Yay. Yeah. Right. So like, if it's not going to work, if you're like, oh, I'm going to be bored and I'm going to, you know, be left out and I'm not going to have any fun anymore. Like mm-hmm. that's never going to motivate you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So again, it is just asking yourself a different question. Like, what do I think I could gain by doing this? Yes. That would be a really good question. Like, what am I missing out now from this problem? Highlight that. And then like, okay, what can I add to my life if I look at addressing this? 
And it's just different ways to ask your brain those questions that might crack it open a little bit. Like, all right, I'm willing to try this now. Yeah. Love it. Everybody just needs coaching. Yes. Every human, (laughs) every brain. (laughs) Okay. So Angela, how can they find you? If they want more information about you and maybe even work with you, how can my peeps find you? So you can find me on the socials at coach with Angela Masenic. And you can go to my website, AngelaMasenic.com. And then probably the easiest way, if you like podcasts, is to search for the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast. I love it. Thank you so much for being here today. This was so helpful. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. If you found this to be helpful, please rank it and leave a review because by doing so, you make it easier for others to find it. Also, if you would like to find out how to work with me and be part of our multilingual and multicultural community, make sure you visit my website, chrisberlingerymd.com. There is a free planning guide waiting for you there as well.